Hey guys, Dr. Childs here. Today we're going to be talking about adrenal fatigue testing. We're going to be talking about what you should do if you think you have adrenal fatigue, how and what various ways there are or exist that you can test for adrenal fatigue, and then we'll talk about if it even matters, okay? Because that's a really important thing. If you don't know me, I'm Dr. Childs. I'm an internist. I specialize in treating thyroid problems, uh, hormone imbalances, which this sort of fits into adre adrenal fatigue, and then of course helping people lose weight, which adrenal fatigue can also lead to weight gain. So that's how this sort of all fits in. So let's get our whiteboard to talk about this. Now, if you don't already know, adrenal fatigue, there's a lot of controversy around adrenal fatigue. In fact, if you were to Google this term right now, adrenal fatigue, the, the information that would pop up would try and convince you that it's not a real thing, okay? Now, I happen to believe that adrenal fatigue is absolutely a real condition. Um, there's a lot of confusion around it. I don't think people fully understand what it is and how it how it starts. A lot of people think, oh, well, if you have chronic stress, it increases your cortisol and then eventually your body can't handle the stress and then cortisol spikes and then it goes down and then it stays low. And then, you know, at any point in here, you're considered to have adrenal fatigue. Yeah. The problem with that is there are people that have been under stress for 30 years who have normal cortisol levels or whatever. And then other people will say, oh, well, you're just not testing cortisol in the right way. And so there, and so anyway, there's a lot of confusion about it. Now we're going to talk about what you should do though, if you think you have adrenal fatigue, because the symptoms associated with adrenal fatigue are barely debilitating. Okay. So they include things like fatigue that just exists no matter what. Um, it includes a reliance upon caffeine as an energy source. It includes um, an increase in uh, cravings for sugary foods and pastries and things like that. And then of course it also includes weight gain and sleep disturbances and a whole host of other issues. You're just not feeling like yourself really fatigued despite sleeping enough and you know, so on and so forth. So there definitely is a connection between adrenal fatigue and cortisol that much we know. But what I really want to explore today is how to actually test for that, right? Because if your doctor said, if you go into your doctor and say, Hey, I think I have adrenal fatigue. Your doctor's going to be like, sorry, that's not a real thing. And they're not even going to order your cortisol levels. And you're, you're sort of going to be left, you know, waving your hands in the air and not knowing what to do. So let's talk about that. So I think we've established, and I think most people watching this would probably agree that adrenal fatigue is a real thing. Okay. There's also a lot of studies that show that it exists in um, combat veterans and so on. So I, I don't think you can dispute that it exists, but we can dispute how it impacts your cortisol. And that's where a lot of confusion steps in. So there are three ways that you can test your cortisol. The first one is in your blood and that's called serum cortisol. The next one is in your urine. That's called urinary cortisol. And the last one is called salivary cortisol. And it comes from, you guessed it, your saliva inside your mouth. So people have devised three different ways to really test for these things. Now, conventional doctors really only will look at the serum cortisol, but the alternative and functional medicine providers, they'll look at urinary and salivary. Now I've actually seen this happen. Well, tell me if this sounds familiar. Someone will go in and they'll have the symptoms of adrenal fatigue. They'll go into their doctor and say, Hey, I think I have it. Can you test for it? So the doctor orders a serum cortisol and it's normal. And they're like, Oh, well that, that can't be the case. So then they go, okay, well, I know what to do. I'll order a urinary cortisol and that comes back normal. And they're like, okay, well, I know what to do now. I'm going to order a salivary cortisol. And guess what? That one comes back abnormal. So then they go, I knew it. Salivary is the best, right? And urinary and, and serum is not. Now, the only problem is that could be the exact opposite for somebody else. So here's, here's the issue. All of these cortisol, all these methods of testing cortisol have pros and cons. Okay. Which doesn't mean it means that not one is better than the others. Okay. Now I'm going to talk about what I recommend that you would do, um, sort of as the easy way to do this. And that is to always start with the serum cortisol first. Number one, it's cheap and easy to get. Okay. So insurance will cover a serum cortisol. Now, oftentimes you will find though that a serum cortisol is normal and that doesn't mean you don't have adrenal fatigue, but it does mean, uh, it, it doesn't give you a lot. It does give you information because it says that you don't have a low or a high cortisol. So there is some benefit there. Serum cortisol, I always recommend starting with now, 
Again, well, we'll talk about this once I go over the urinary and salivary. The next one is urinary. Now, does it have some benefit? Yes, but, and I think it probably might be slightly more accurate than the serum, but there's only two ways to do it, and that is a 24-hour urine, which means you have to collect your urine for 24 hours, or you can do some spot tests. But still, it's not very easy. And then salivary cortisol, you need to usually do four samples throughout the day. So these are somewhat tedious and these are not, these two are not covered by insurance. So they tend to be more expensive, you know, maybe two to 400 bucks, kind of depends on where you're getting it. So, and because of that, because of the fact that they're not super accurate um, and they don't all like go together, for instance, you could have a serum cortisol that's normal, a urinary cortisol that's high and a salivary cortisol that's low. That could happen if you test all those things, then you're sort of like, well, what do I do? And so my, my, my next response is, does it actually matter? Okay, and that's a real question because if you're going to test your cortisol, um, getting the result better give you some information on how you should be treating yourself. But here's the thing, most of the treatments for adrenal fatigue, it doesn't matter if you have norm, normal, low, or high cortisol. Yes, there are certain therapies that can be used in high and low states, but a lot of the therapies such as adrenal adaptogens and adrenal glandulars, which use, are used to treat adrenal fatigue, they don't care. It doesn't matter if your cortisol is high or low because what they do is they help bring balance. So if your cortisol is high, it'll bring it down. And if your cortisol is low, it'll bring it up. So in a lot of cases, it actually doesn't matter if your cortisol um, is high or low, or if you even test for it. Because what I'd recommend is if you're symptomatic, you have all the symptoms of adrenal fatigue, um, then definitely at least get the serum cortisol. But if that comes back normal, guess what? You should treat anyway, because what is the treatment? It's using things that are going to balance your cortisol. It's improving your diet. It's improving the amount of time that you, it's improving the amount of hours that you sleep each night. Um, it's doing things like, you know, preventing yourself from staying up really late, um, being exposed to blue light from computer screens. Um, it's, it's eating healthier. It's taking certain supplements. It's cleaning up your diet. These are all things that you want to do, whether your cortisol is low or high. It doesn't matter. Those are things that you should be doing. Okay, so that's sort of where I sit. I'm not convinced that anything beyond the serum cortisol is necessary for everyone. Yes, there are some always minor cases where it might be beneficial, but what I recommend for you, so what's the takeaway here? If you have, or if you think you have adrenal fatigue, get your serum cortisol, get it at 8 a.m. in the morning, because that's when, that's the best time to check it, and then just see what your result is. If it's normal, still undergo treatment. If it's high or low, well, then there are some potentially some specific therapies, which I'll go over in another video, which you can do, but the diet, the lifestyle, <clears throat> the stress reduction, some of the supplements, they don't change. So you can do all those things no matter what. So what I start, what I, basically in my practice, what I've been doing nowadays is I don't really order the salivary and urinary cortisol anymore, really, because it's kind of expensive for the patient and it just doesn't give me any additional information that I, that I need. So I just do the serum cortisol. So I want to hear from you guys. If you have had adrenal fatigue, how have you been tested for it? Or do you just believe that you, that you have it and you just skipped all this stuff and you just went straight to the treatment? You know, let me know what you did. And if you did get your result, leave it below, especially if you found that your serum or urinary or salivary were discordant with one another, meaning one says you're low, one says you're high, one says you're normal. So leave that information below because I think it'll be very helpful for a lot of people. So anyway, this is what I do and that's all I have. If you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe and hit the notification bell and otherwise I'll see you guys in the next one.